As I said, at eight minutes past ten, good evening to you, uh, and thank you for joining us, Walter. Evening, thanks. Great stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's a very interesting notion here. I'm, I'm looking at your your full title, right, and and especially uh, what you have founded, the Story Clinic and Complementary and Alternative Medicine Practitioner, Saint Duberry's. Now. I, when it comes to, to, to telling stories, it's, it's part of, it's, it forms an intricate part of, of human history. You know, we tell stories. That is how we pass on knowledge. That is how we've managed to survive so, for so many, many generations. Um, and now, you know, COVID-19 is probably the predominant story. In fact, it's the only story I've been telling, uh, you know, for the last hour and now going into this hour and, uh, you know, ending this particular hour. Uh, stories seem to play a vital role, and it seems that part of the healing process is telling our stories about COVID-19. Do I have you correct there? Yes, that's a good starting point, I think. So how, how does it help us by, by having these conversations or telling these stories around COVID-19? I think um, it helps us to understand that nobody really knows what the story is. And that's part of the problem, mm. uh, because we are, we are hearing lots of advice from many angles, from the medical angle, from the political angle, from from our friends, from whoever. Um, and in trying to understand, in trying to establish some sort of coherence about what the sense of truth actually is, is profoundly difficult. And that's why we have such problems with feelings, I think, veering from this side to the other side. And uh, from my point of view, when you tell your story to someone else or listen, intently to someone else's story there's a healing energy that happens in the conversation so so maybe as a you know to as a starting point let's talk about storytelling and the role that it then plays in terms of that healing journey for lack of a better term i mean how does that help us ultimately because i take it that obviously we're talking about the theme of COVID 19 now because it's current it's affecting us now but i take it that this applies to almost any situation it does apply to any situation. And I'd, I'd like to take it wa- back one step um, mm. from, storytelling, from storytelling to story creating, because I think we are there. Mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. We, we, have, we, we have yet to create the story of COVID-19. Uh, the, the story of the virus um, has not been pinned down to anything. We've got some stats to go by. We've got medical tests to go by. Uh, we, but we haven't pinned it down. We don't actually know what it is. I mean, if I had to spin a very funny story, I would say there's nothing wrong with the virus itself. The humans are in the wrong place, which would be a rather weird angle on it, but that's the kind of story you could tell. It's not my purpose tonight. Um, my purpose this evening would simply be to say, try personal disclosure of the deepest kind you know to the closest friend you've got and listen to them in turn and see what happens in that conversation. Because the... Obviously, the sense of this is a bad one. We're facing incredible economic problems. Mm. We, face our, we have to face our own mortality. How do we do these things? How do we actually handle any kind of approach and make a plan when our guts are churning? So my answer is speak from those churning guts. Um, and I don't mean speak in terms of complaining or simply howling. That's a perfectly mm. natural response. Nothing wrong with it. But... Tell someone what you are experiencing in terms of the story of that. Uh, Because when you tell the story of that, there's an element of coherence which comes, be it light or be it dark. And when you express that, 
you're actually able to hear yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that, that in itself is such a, an interesting concept, and let's maybe unpack it a little more, because, you know, the, the, the thing about storytelling is that there needs to be people who are willing to listen to the story. It's not just the storytellers. Um, that are central to that particular play playing out. It's also those who are willing to listen. And I think all too often, you know, we live in a world where we have very interesting, um, you know, set of circumstances, whether it be family, whether it be, uh, you know, friends and people that who we surround ourselves with. A lot of people would be happy to listen to all kinds of stories, except for maybe those difficult ones, like, for example, your story related to COVID-19. How then do we find uh, the audience, for lack of a better term, around that? Yeah, I think the audience that would work for that, those are the people that you trust. Mm. Because disclosure is about trust. So I think that would, ha- that would happen with close uh, family members, with friends. I, I don't want to pick on any particular role because... Whoever you trust could uh, could actually uh, be any kind of a role, from a pastor to to someone who sells you something. But if it's a sensitive pause, sensitive trust, and you open your mouth and you begin to talk, um, and you're heard, mm. and you can listen in return, that then then the healing dynamic happens. And I think the other point I want to make about this is that when you tell the story um, about where you are, mm. you're actually pot- you're you're participating in a bigger thing. And the bigger thing is what needs to be created right now. Not the bigger thing of merely of fear. I mean, that's most certainly there. But the bigger thing of knowing that there is a movement forwards, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about also, um, you know, the because obviously the one thing that has stood out now in recent times, I think, is in, in particular, is how online communities have a major role to play. So a lot of us you know, are forced into online communities, whether it be because of work, whether it be because of social distancing. So uh, now if you want to have a meeting, say tomorrow morning, you have to Skype call, Zoom call, uh, WebEx call, whatever other platforms exist. Those are the types of things that you have to do. Webinars, uh, you know, you, you see a webinar on your social media page almost every single hour and all of those other things. And And this is what I'd like to know from you is that, are there specific spaces dedicated to this conversation, specific spaces dedicated where we can find out or listen to, um, you know, those particular stories where people are able to share their spaces? I'm not aware. I'm not aware of anything like that. I mean, I know of, what is it called? Something called Human Online, but it's specifically not about talking. You merely really share a minute of looking at each other. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about right now. That's the most interesting platform. Um, and, and I would recommend it, but you don't, <laughs> you don't talk on that one. You're, you're merely sharing space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, short on, the short answer to that one is no. Um, I do know that there are plenty of people across the world doing um, story space. Mm-hmm. But that, 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 that's usually for, um, for, for groups, for people who are part of the group, who have signed up. Um, 
No, so yeah, no, no, I, I, I can't assure you that that's that was your answer. No, no, fair enough. And I mean, that also then obviously creates the opportunity for creating those spaces, isn't it? That those spaces um, can be brought into existence, quite frankly, by the efforts of people. But you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, at this whole notion of storytelling and, and the importance thereof. And as I said right at the beginning of our conversation, is that it's it's an intricate part. Of, of human history, isn't it? We, we've always told stories. So whether it was around the fire of, I don't know, the big uh, mammoth kill for the day, or alternatively it was you know around the fire and someone t- retelling their story of how they managed to get away from a hyena or a lion or whatever other weird and wonderful creature exists out there, um, there was always that opportunity to tell stories. Now, what I'd like to know from your side is, just overall speaking and, and the value of stories, I mean, what impact, what role does it play in our lives? What is sort of that linkage, that, that bit that makes it essential for us in the year 2020, whether it be via online means, whether it be people listening to our conversation on radio right now, or it be sitting down with someone and having you know, a trusted friend and being able to tell them a story. What makes stories so important in such a healing uh, process? Because it's a kind of glue, and it takes us to, towards the bigger thing, whatever it may be. Uh, most, I think most faiths are built on the sharing of sacred stories. Um, family histories, which glue families together, are about the stories that bring the family together. So it's, it's a way of recognizing um, and, and creating meaning at the same time and carrying it forward. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. If you if you if you'd like to use a metaphor, you know, if you watch ants, mm. uh, because this one's come to my mind frequently as a metaphor. You watch ants, they stop and they they, they they touch their feelers for a moment and then move on, and perhaps that's what makes them ants. But in the same way, humans will stop and share stories, and that's what makes them human. I mean, that for me is, is, is a fascinating notion, you know, of, of that's what, you know, similar to ants, because I guess that's what they do, isn't it? That's how the one guy will say, listen, that's where the, the, the sandwich is, you know, the, the sandwich in the picnic that we're busy taking bits and pieces, little crumbs from. Uh, you know, yeah. you go left, left, right, right, and then you get there. Um, and, and then that's essential for their survival. But similarly also, that's how we are able to carry on that process but again and, and maybe this is a curse maybe this is a blessing we live again going back to the online community a lot of us are sharing our stories very happily on on social media a lot of us are sharing lives our entire lives on social media yeah. you know but there's there's a part of me that that's not too sure whether that's a positive or a negative and i'll tell you why because to a large extent um we're happy to share our victories and our highs in life and so on and so forth. Very few of us are willing to be vulnerable online. Very yeah. few of us are willing to be vulnerable and actually show uh, that, listen, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know. I'm, I'm scared because of COVID-19. Um, I'm scared I might yeah. lose my job. I'm scared because I might catch this thing by simply going down to the local supermarket just to pick up some bread, etc., etc. So is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? This the social media space and can we harness it also in the, the story, uh, storytelling space? Okay, look, um, it's, it's, easy to, it's easy to share stories of, of bravado and success and it's far more difficult to articulate stories of fear and desperation um, just by nature of what it is. Now, um, I'm not quite sure what, what, what you mean when you talk about the, uh, the, you know, the, the social space via the various platforms and so on. Um, because 
if you mean Facebook and Twitter and things like that, obviously this can be very much more superficial. Mm. But at the same at the same time, right now I'm doing quite a lot of one-on-one work via Skype and sometimes via Zoom. And of course, that's pretty much the same as seeing people uh, face to face because you can you can communicate very directly. You can disclose whatever you want to disclose. And of course, the fundamental part is being listened to deeply and intently and properly. So. That's perfectly possible. Uh, it's perfectly easy to have that kind of conversation, uh, which is deep and beneficial, because that helps one to articulate the, the fear. Mm. And when you hear yourself talk about your own fear, it's quite often the case that you are that you give yourself a chance to move forward, understanding that 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 particular energy in the fear isn't where it stops. Things can change from there. Things often do change from there. I mean, I find that fascinating, you know, the idea of being able to listen to yourself and then, uh, you know, uh, going through a, a, a healing process, for lack of a better term, through that process. But then there's also almost the flip side of the coin, uh, for lack of a better term, where, um, you know, there's there's the ability to listen. And I think that is such an important one also, where um, it's not just you imparting or receiving information, but it's actually... Uh, an entire process of of opening up and, and and learning, and also being able to empathize and sympathize with someone else, isn't it? That, you know, listening is actually a skill that can be taught. Um, I don't think that some people have it naturally, mm. but um, it, it it actually takes a very careful kind of attention that's prepared to stand aside and let the other person's attention just be and communicate. And when one feels that one is being heard. One tends to communicate uh, even more deeply because you are you're entering into a situation of trust, and that situation in itself is a healing situation. Because the more that you hear yourself speak, and the more that you hear yourself say something that you were not particularly prepared to articulate before, um, if you prefer, if you are prepared to venture forward with that, mm. that inev- that inevitably grows, and that that makes it a very healing exercise indeed. I guess one of the other big concerns for a lot of people is this feeling of my story is not worthy, my story is not important enough. I mean, that is why I guess not every Tom, Dick and Harry pitches a TV show or pitches a, a book or whatever the case may be. You know, it's uh, yeah. it takes a particular character, it takes a particular person who feels that, listen, my story is actually worth it. And I think that's part of the reason why we keep the stories hidden from everyone else, why we keep it inside rather than sharing our stories. I mean, what's your advice on that? Because all too often you'll find that people feel um, that I'm not worthy for lack of a better term. You know, I'm not the person to, <laughs> yes. to, to, to tell my story and ugh, who's going to listen anyway. What do you say about uh, that? That's, 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 that's quite, uh, just before I coming to talk um, on the show here, I was watching the movie Blinded by the Light which was precisely about this kind of thing, mm. about um, attacking teenagers in Newton in, in the United Kingdom, dealing particularly with this issue. And uh, obviously he was helped by people in the story. He was helped by his teacher. Um, he was helped by various members of his family. He had friends in his neighborhood. But still again and again and again, he bumped his head and he went down the wrong way. He simply did not believe in himself. But as that particular movie unfolded, he, you know, he managed to overcome all the obstacles. And that was because of the compassion of others. They heard him. Mm. And some corrected him, and some cared for him. But the point is, it was the story 
is about growing into the bigger thing of his own choice because he used his own voice to choose his own identity as the story unfolded, and that was a remarkably powerful theme. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, it does, it does. I mean, to, to, to a large extent, because that's exactly why, um, you know, uh, there might be people listening to us right now and they have all kinds of concerns, as, as you well know. I mean, we've, we've gone through, you know, some of the issues that are on people's minds or prominent on people's minds right now. Um, it's the state of the economy is, where, do I send my child to school tomorrow or don't I? Um, what if I catch COVID-19? There might even be someone listening to us right now in a hospital room somewhere or at home alone who is, you know, who has COVID-19. Um, and is worried beside themselves because they're worried that they may lose their lives. They, they, you know, they're thinking about a whole long list of things that, um, you know, that are unimaginable, quite frankly. Yes, yes, I, I understand that. And obviously, you'd be so good if they could simply unburden themselves by speaking to someone. Um, but it's, if someone's not there to speak to, then what do you do? So mm. let's just sit with that for a moment and pretend that, they, that, we, that we are addressing someone like that. And to someone like that, I would simply say, be as still and as calm as you can. And somewhere within your spirit, know, just know that you are not alone. And perhaps those words, I know they sound trite, but if they can simply be accepted, that can go a long way in helping the solitary person. And there are, of course, so many solitary people in South Africa right now as well as all over the world, but solitary people who are suffering in the kind of way that you just described. Um, the conversation can't be had, but within oneself, there can be a conversation. And there is a conversation. And if the voice which is telling you to fear mm. is stronger than the voice which is telling you to be calm, then simply grow that calm voice by being that calm voice. So my advice simply in a situation like that would be, be as still as you can. And then try to, try to relax into that stillness. This is not a, you know, this is a bit of a wordless thing. You're not telling the story, but you are doing an attitudinal and emotional, perhaps even a spiritual thing, and simply being calm and knowing that that calmness is in fact all you can do for the moment. And that would usually grow into something healthy. But I guess then that accompanies the next question, because, I mean, in terms of that aloneness or, or loneliness of someone, I mean, someone could be alone and not necessarily lonely, but they're alone for all kinds of reasons. They're alone because they're in an isolation ward right now. Uh, they're alone because, you know, and therefore family and friends need to stay away, um, even if they're home. Uh, you know, when they, they're self-isolating at home, guess what? They still need to stay away from people, friends and family and so on and so forth. So I guess that in itself makes it tough. But that's where, you know, I guess it's it's very rare that you're going to have someone uh, not on some form of social media in, in some shape or yeah, form, no, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I guess that's where you can share your story and say, you know, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. Yes, I see where you're going with that one. Yes, yes, of course. That, 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 is a, that is a way of sharing. It's a way of communicating. And I guess for me, the one thing that stands out is that all too often that's where you get that positive feedback loop, uh, you know, from absolute strangers, people that you don't have a cooking clue who they are, but they are willing to be their support and, 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 you know, say to you that, listen, we're here with you and we're listening to your story and all the best in the world. And, and sometimes you find that that's, you know, the people who like your post, the people who comment on your post are some of the people that you don't even know all that well. People that you only know digitally for that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, when we were speaking earlier, I was thinking more about the, uh, the deep stories and the deep listening. 
Okay, that's a valid part of uh, part of the story process. But uh, what, what you're talking about now is equally valid. That simply having the communicative space there as well, where you can know that whoever it is on the other side and there's a sense of the conversation, that is valuable too, obviously. I guess this is, you know, sort of me winding down the conversation now because one of the things that immediately stands out for me also is is maybe our ability to tell stories. I mean, is it still something that's innately strong with us? And the reason why I'm asking this is because I'm sure you've you've heard and seen people complain about people's ability to communicate, uh, you know, whether it be in the workplace via email, whether it even be how people post things on their social media, as an example, or how people are able to address people in a meeting or whatever you want to talk about, you know, whatever situation where someone has to communicate to others. All too often, the big complaint is people just don't know how to communicate anymore. People just don't know how to talk anymore because of whatever. Uh, it could be our social circumstances. could be the fact that we're all stuck in front of our screens all the time and, and we're not interacting with human beings all that often. Do we therefore still have the ability um, and a strong ability at that to communicate well with others? I think that the uh, the thing to bear in mind there is that you could say almost anything that you want to, you can say it in the right tone of voice. Um, if you want to impart something, no matter whether it's hostile or full of criticism, if you can say it in a way which is not abrasive so that it can be heard, that's helpful. And I think that, I think that everybody has that ability, but usually we don't take the time to understand how, how valuable and how much clarity that, that particular tone will impart if you simply use it. And again, I'm referring to the kind of calmness which is quite crucial um, in establishing communication. If you're doing storytelling, your tone can go up and down and everywhere and make it exciting. But when you want to deal with a difficult situation such as you have described, mm. then simply a clear and a calm tone carrying very weighty words can still be heard and accepted because it doesn't come across in a, in a tone which will interfere or infuriate or irritate or something like that. So the way in which you use your voice, um, I, you know, a good point to make here again is that the human voice is a musical instrument, mm. not only for singing, but for speaking as well. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. so when, when one speaks in such a way so as to convey um, a calmness rather than simply the import of what you want to say, uh, it's much easier to be heard. Thank you so much for your time. All the best to you. And uh, I hope people take your advice on board or, you know, some of your thinking on board and, and uh, clearly start thinking about the, the value and the importance of stories uh, and the impact that Thank, it ultimately yeah. has. Thank you so much. Thank you. If people want to make contact, they can, they can use storyhighfunctionit.com. Great stuff. I'll, I'll definitely uh, share that with them again, www.story-clinic.com. Yes. Great one. Thanks. All the best Good. to you. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you. Thanks. That's um, uh, Emeritus uh, Professor of Narrative Studies, Western Orthodox University. Um, And uh, that was, of course, Walter Harry uh, Willies speaking to us this evening.